This is the weekly message from Hope Church Malmesbury. We're so glad you can join us. This week's sermon is part of our series, The Promise and the Purpose. We're walking slowly through the Gospel of Luke, verse by verse, promise by promise. Find out more about Hope Church and how to support our ministry at www.thehope.church. I hope this message will help you to see the good purpose that God has for your life and help you to walk in faith and rely on his promises every day. Here's the message. Now, I've had lots of reminders this morning of of the power of the name of Jesus, the power that breaks chains, the name that heals, the name that sets us free. And I was sat at the back, pressing my buttons on the laptop. And then sometimes you just get an unction from the Holy Spirit and you just can't sit still and you have to come up. So I've got a, a question that I need to ask you, first of all. Are there any real Christians in the room? And when I say that, what I mean is, you know who a real Christian is because they bring their Bible to church with them on a Sunday. And not just any Bible, but a Bible that's in a cover. Maybe with some highlighter pens stuck down on the inside. And one of the disadvantages of being in in the techno clan is that my Bible is currently plugged into a USB cable running the live stream. So I haven't got my box. Has anyone got a physical Bible here? Is there a real Christian in the room with a physical Bible? Thank you, Richard. Okay, this isn't a good start because the title is not in English. (laughs) Lab. Biblia. Okay, let's have a go. Wow, the whole Bible is in tongues. <laughs> it's a French Bible. Thank you, Richard. <laughs> dear, oh dear. Right. If you've got a real Bible, this is what uh, I couldn't get away from this morning. 1 Corinthians 4, 5. Maybe it's for someone in the room or someone who's watching. How many bookmarks does one Bible have? 1 Corinthians 4, 5 goes like this. Therefore, judge nothing before the anointed time. Wait till the Lord comes and he'll bring to light what is hidden in darkness and expose the motives of men's heart. Therefore, judge nothing before the anointed time. Wait till the Lord comes. One of the problems with what you have today is so often we judge the film by the scene that's in the middle. We judge the book by the page that we're on today and we judge our life and God's faithfulness by what happened to us today. You see, and God isn't finished with us. We're in the middle of the story. We're in the middle of the book. Obi-Wan Kenobi has just been struck down, but the film isn't over. We don't know what's going to happen next. Judge not before the anointed time. Wait for the Lord to come. And God just wants to remind us this morning that he is not finished yet. Okay? He is not finished with you. Whatever is going on in your life today, this week, this month, you're in the middle of the story 
you're not on the final page of the book. You're in the middle of the drama, not the conclusion. So don't judge based on being halfway through the story. Don't judge based on being halfway through the story. God wants to remind you today that he is not finished with you. He's not finished with us. He's not finished with this world. 1 Corinthians 4, 5. Maybe you need to put that post-it note on your kitchen door, over the sink when you brush your teeth every morning, just to remind you that God's not finished with you yet. And maybe you'll praise him as you look at yourself first thing in the morning and think, thank goodness that God's not finished with me yet, because I'd hate this to be the final version. Okay, and this, I'm going to hand over to, to Sue, who's going to be bringing a word for us this morning. Uh, let's just pray as she gets ready. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for Sue, Lord God, and the anointing you put upon her to, to share your heart, to open your word up to us. And Lord God, I pray this morning as we sit and hear what you want to teach us, remind us this morning, that our hearts would be teachable and humble, that our ears would be open, that our minds would be clear to hear what you would say to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Mark. Okay. So we've got Alpha training following this service um, in the room along the corridor. So please come and join us then and uh, we can get thinking about who we can invite to this amazing opportunity. Okay, so we're going to continue our journey through Luke this morning. We're in Luke chapter 9. But I'm going to take us on a little diversion um, before we actually look at this morning's scriptures because it bears directly on the content of the two verses that Mark's given me to bring to you this morning. So can I just ask you to just look up Acts 19 and just to, while you're doing that, just to give you a little bit of context, this takes place in Ephesus and it Paul had been there for a couple of years and he'd been preaching the gospel and it says that extraordinary signs and wonders were done by Paul in this period, that handkerchiefs were taken to different people who were sick and they were healed and that many demons were cast out of people. And then we read this rather peculiar section buried in the middle of Acts chapter 19, starting at verse 13. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, we charge you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. Also, there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, who did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? Then the man in whom the evil spirit was leapt on them, overpowered them, and prevailed against them so that they fled out of the house naked. Okay, let's just have a little word of prayer that God open up his scriptures to us this morning. Father God, we come to you today um, excited about your word, Father God. We know your word holds holds all the keys that we need to see victory in our lives. And Father, we pray now for your Holy Ghost to just come upon us. He is our teacher. Help um, Help us to open our hearts up to him and that your word would be revealed to us in all of its richness and all of its depth. And that, Father, we would be able to use your word to just um, take 
territory in our lives, Lord God, and in the lives of those that we see around us and love, Lord God, and see your power poured out. Amen. Okay, so these guys, the seven sons of Sceva, they didn't have a good experience with the name of Jesus. Instead of seeing victory, they were actually overpowered by the enemy. Why did that happen, I wonder? Well, what I'd like to bring to you this morning is that the name of Jesus is not magic. It's not an incantation that we can just um, speak out, or the world can just speak out, should I say correctly. Um, You know, the name of Jesus has to have something underpinning it. It has, has to have authority underpinning it. And these These seven sons of Sceva and the other Jewish itinerant ministers, they just didn't have a relationship with Jesus. They they could see Paul had a relationship with Jesus because they say, um, whom Jesus, whom Paul preaches. So they didn't have a personal encounter with him. They just knew about Jesus, but they could see his name worked, so to speak. But when they tried to use it without relationship, without underlying authority, the demons just said to them, well, I know Paul and I know Jesus, but who are you? And this, for me, just actually opens up the whole of what I'm going to be talking about today, and that is that we live in two kingdoms. We're living on this planet, and we can't see the spiritual realm all the time. Um, But the spiritual realm is very, very clear. There's the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. And the demons can see that. They can see who belongs to God, and they can see the people that don't belong to God. There are just two kingdoms light and darkness. And when we become Christians, we, it says in Colossians 1 verse 13, if you want to look it up later, that we're translated through faith in Jesus out of the kingdom of darkness and we're placed in the kingdom of light, in the kingdom of his son. There's all sorts of other scriptures that talk about Jesus coming to live in us by his spirit. So Paul had the spirit of Jesus in him. We, if we're born again here today, if we belong to Jesus, we have his spirit actually physically living in us. And that's why when we pray in the name of Jesus, there's a power and authority that is backing our words. It's not us. It's not our flesh and blood that's doing it. It's his spirit in us that is empowering and backing up what we say. But the seven sons of Sceva, they didn't have that. They had no relationship. We charge you by Jesus, whom Paul preaches. Who's he? They didn't have relationship. They hadn't made that decision. So they were actually in the other kingdom. And the devils knew that they were in the same kingdom as them. So why should we listen to you? And their exorcism was unsuccessful. Does everybody understand that? Yeah, cool. Okay, so with that in mind, I'd like to move on to today's passage. Well, actually, I don't want to take a little detour first, sorry. (laughs) Another detour. I'm getting there. I'm I'm getting there. Can we go to Acts chapter 3, please, verse 6? And I just want to show you the contrast. That's why I picked this passage, because we've got an unsuccessful ministry with the sons of Sceva, and now we have an example of a really successful ministry. It's that incident with Peter when he's going into the temple not long after Pentecost, and he encounters this poor chap who's been crippled from birth, from his mother's womb. 
And, um, you know, the guy is begging and he's saying, can you do anything for me? And Jesus, uh, Peter says, silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have, I can give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And here we have someone who understood the kingdom principle. He knew that he had Jesus inside him. He said, what I have... I can give to you. I can give to you the power and the authority of that name. And this man was miraculously delivered. And this is a challenge to each one of us sitting here today, because if you are in the kingdom of light, if you have made Jesus your Lord and Saviour, if you have received him into your heart, however you want to word it, then you have this authority too. Okay? And we need to move out more on that authority. Certain scriptures that can help you to meditate on your position now. Um, have a look at Ephesians chapter 1. I'm not going to go there today, but you know, a little bit of homework for you. Go to Ephesians chapter 1 and, and Ephesians chapter 2. And it talks about us seated now, seated now in heavenly places. On, Jesus is on the right hand of God, and we're actually seated there with him. Well, we're not physically there, are we? But spiritually, in authority terms, we are there. You know, the demons have to be subject to us in the name of Jesus because of what he has done for us. He's spoiled principalities and powers. He's made an open show of them in Colossians, and he's triumphed over them for us. So we are already on the winning side. Okay, now let's look at today's message, today's scripture, sorry. Um, as I say, we're in Luke 9, and there's two little verses buried in the end of the chapter, verses 49 and verse 50. And it, 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 it's, it concerns um, the disciple John having a quick conversation with his Lord Jesus. And he says to him, Master, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we forbade him because he doesn't follow with us. But Jesus said to him, do not forbid him, for he who is not against us is for us. So I'm going to cover all of that in about three points, okay? The points might go on a little bit, but I'm, I'm doing three points. Okay, so what do we see from this, first of all? Well, we, we've already underpinned this message um, because the seven sons of Sceva couldn't cast the demons out. But this man, this itinerant minister in Galilee or wherever he was that John saw him, was successfully casting out demons in the name of Jesus. So with what we can see, he must have had a relationship with, with, he must have had faith in Jesus. He must have had a relationship with God through Jesus. He couldn't be born again yet because Jesus hadn't gone to the cross. But this man must have demonstrated faith and trust in Jesus as the Son of God. He must have understood the message of Jesus. And in, in actually speaking out his name, he trusted that that name would have authority. So, you know, this is an incident where he wasn't one of them, he wasn't one of the 12, but he clearly was a genuine follower. But John's reaction is one of the things I want to look at here. It's quite interesting. He was quite cross. He wasn't sure what to do. Here was somebody else doing what they were supposed to be doing. Jesus, earlier in, in, in chapter 9, had commissioned the 12, just 12, just 
12, six pairs of two going out into the countryside, healing the sick, cleansing the lepers, raising the dead, casting out demons. That's what they were doing. They were the special ones. They were the chosen ones. They had the anointing. What was this guy doing? And I think, without laboring the point too much, I think we can sort of be a little bit like that sometimes. We see another church ministry, we see one, we just don't quite like how they do it. They don't do it like we do it. And we have to be, as Christians, really, really careful, okay? Because we're not to judge other people and how they do it. We're not to, you know, try and sort them out. If, if, unless it's an incident of church discipline, and I'm not going there today, okay? That's a completely different subject. I'm talking about the manifestation of the Spirit in the body of Christ. And it will be different in different places. You know, this guy in John 14, Jesus said, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me, he's going to do the works that I do. He's going to do even greater works than me. So this man was actually doing what Jesus wanted. But John was puzzled. He wasn't happy. It didn't fit with his, his program. And... Um, as I just said, we need to be really, really careful that we don't try and become policemen in the body of Christ. I know there's stuff on the internet, I'm just not really into all of that, but you know, people are criticizing other ministries. And I know, you know, sometimes we can struggle with accents, we can struggle with the way people do it, but we have to be so careful because they're they're brothers and sisters in the Lord, and they will do it a slightly different way to us. It reminds me of what we're doing in the house groups at the moment. We're looking at spiritual gifts. And if we remind ourselves from 1 Corinthians 12, um, it says that the Holy Holy Spirit gives different kinds of gifts, but it's the same Holy Spirit. Different kinds of service, but it's the same Lord we're all serving. There are different kinds of working, okay? But all of them and in everyone, it's the same God at work. In other words, there might be two people with the gift of healing, and one will do it slightly different to somebody else because there's a different personality, there's a different expression of the Holy Ghost through them. So we need to think, you know, we have to be careful not to think they're not of God because that's not a way I recognize. Jesus has given us the way to test it if we go um, on to the second half into verse... um, Yeah, sorry, the second half of this in verse 50. Um, Going back to the account in Luke, and we've just got a little bit here. It says, Jesus said to him, do not forbid him, for he who is not against us is for us. But what I want to draw your attention to is there's actually another account of this same incident in Mark's gospel, and there's a little bit more information there that we can glean um, for our service today. In Mark's Gospel, it says, Jesus said to him, Do not forbid him, for no one who works a miracle in my name can soon afterwards speak evil of me, for he who is not against us is on our side. And I want to pick up on that in my name. That's been our theme, hasn't it, throughout this whole service. And Tracy brought us that lovely... um, and unpacking of the name of Jesus. He is the saviour, and that's why his name is the name above every name. Um, Jesus is saying here that if someone is doing a miracle in his name, then we can be sure that it's authentic. 
God is not about to um, show signs and wonders that are done in his name if he doesn't validate that ministry. In fact, that's the whole way it works. In you know, Mark 16, it says, these signs shall follow my, um, those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will pick up serpents. And in Acts 2.22, it says, Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus himself was approved by God by miracles, wonders and signs, which God did by him. So that's God's method. That's his method of validating a ministry through signs and wonders done in his name. So if you see someone moving in an unfamiliar way, but it's in the name of Jesus and good things are happening, then, you know, just go with it. Okay, so I've made a couple of points so far. We need to be in the kingdom of light in order to operate in authority in the name of Jesus. Um, But we should do that more often, I think. And then um, we've got this um, second point here where we have to be careful not to judge other ministries. If they're operating in the name and people are getting blessed, then, you know, God is blessing that ministry. And then the last point I want to make concerns the very end of this verse. Jesus said, do not forbid him, for he who is not against us is for us. And in Matthew's gospel, in chapter 12, verse 30, Jesus says it even more succinctly, but it's the other way round. He says, he that is not with me is against me. And that comes back to what I was saying at the start, that theme that has come through the whole of this service, really, that there are two kingdoms There's the kingdom of light for the people who are with Jesus. And then there's the kingdom of darkness for the people who are not following Jesus. I think we like to think there's sort of like a middle ground. There's like a fence that you can sit on for a bit while you make up your mind, while you think about things. Well, it is important to think about things. It is important to consider Jesus, consider his claims, read the Bible. But let's not be fooled. If you are not in the kingdom, then you're out of it. You're in the other kingdom. There is no neutral territory. So I've got two challenges to finish my sermon this morning, and they concern an urgency. And the first urgency I'm addressing to us fellow believers here today. There's an urgency for us to start praying and even fasting and seeking God for those of us that we know, our neighbours, our friends, our relatives, who do not yet know Jesus, who are you know, struggling to come to faith. And you know, we've got this wonderful opportunity with the Alpha Course starting in a few weeks' time to invite people, to start to pray for them, to start to invest in them in prayer and ask God to touch their lives and draw them into this relationship, to lift the veil off so that they can see him. And then my second challenge is to anybody who's listening to me today or who's here in the room who hasn't yet made that decision to follow Jesus. And I would say, don't hang about. <laughs> you know, because we, none of us know how long we have on this earth. Dave was reminding me yesterday that someone he used to work with used to drive a guy into, into, into work every day in his car. And this is when we were in our 30s. So this was a young man driving another young man in his car every day. And he never shared the gospel with him. And just one day, the guy was just not there to be picked up. And he died in the night. I mean, you know, 
And he, he felt absolutely really convicted that he'd never shared the gospel with this man. And so he, he, he contacted Dave and, and me and, and said, can you come round to my place this Friday? Because I am literally inviting everybody I know and they're getting the gospel, <laughs> whether they want to or not. Because that's what he was motivated by just with that awful incident of that guy who um, he didn't get to share the gospel with. So I would just say, if you don't know Jesus yet, then I've got some tips, Okay. First of all, have a chat with God. Because if he's not there, it doesn't really matter, does it? Okay? But if he is there, and he is, and he cares for you, he cares for you just so personally, um, you know, start a dialogue with him. You can be honest with God. You know, if, if things have put you out, if you're a bit annoyed with other Christians, and I apologise on behalf of other Christians, we don't always get it right, okay? We might have hurt you. We might have said things we shouldn't have, and I apologise. But... Just get past us, because this is much more important than being offended by someone in the body of Christ. Your eternal future is at stake. Okay, so just be honest with God and ask him to reveal himself to you. I've got another quick story. When I was teaching in my first school, I was talking to one of my science colleagues, and um, I kept talking to him about Jesus, and I just couldn't get through. And I thought, God loves this guy. What really matters to him? And he was really into trying to get um, a, a, a vintage car, a particular car, a Sunbeam Alpine, I think it was. And um, he, he just was looking literally for years for this vehicle. And he'd go along to the different dealers and the scrapyards and things, and he'd try and find one. But in that day and age, you couldn't replace the wings and the bumpers with, you know, sort of cheap imports that were, you know, a rep- representation of the original. Um, they, we used to use filler... <laughs> to fill holes in and you know if you had a magnet and of course as a science teacher he had a magnet he used to go along and check these people's cars out and he used to run his magnet along the wings and the sills and he and he'd always come away going like it's just full of filler I can't buy a car like that and I said to him look I said God loves you and God is going to find you the best car you've ever seen in two weeks I just had that it was one of those impartations of faith you know we you know, it's nice when they come. <laughs> and uh, I just went for it. And uh, I just prayed for him for these two weeks. And in two, within two weeks, he got the most amazing car. And it didn't have any filler in it. And he checked it out with his magnet and everything. And I'm just saying that God cares for you. If you're listening to me today, you know, test God out. He loves you. He knows what is going to really speak to you in your life. And start a dialogue with him. He loves you. And a couple more tips. Um, Read a gospel. Read John's gospel. That's great on the divinity of Jesus and who he really is. Or read Mark, um, Matthew, Mark or Luke. Um, And then last tip is Romans tells us that if you look out the window and you look at creation, that's actually crying out and screaming at you that there is a God. It says, his invisible attributes, God's invisible qualities, his divine nature, his eternal power can be seen in the things that are made. So all of creation is screaming out at you. You know, I was looking yesterday at at, at, at an evangelistic tract, and the, the tack they took was very much on this line. And it said, there's a pool of gunk, and over millions and billions of years... The pool of gunk grew up and then became a tin with a ring pool. And, you know, 
That is just, I'm insulting you to tell you that that's how wrinkled tins got here, aren't I? Because we all know they were designed. They're simple, but they were designed. And yet we look out on this complex world, you know, where photosynthesis works to replace the oxygen that we're using and sucking in carbon dioxide and spraying out oxygen for us to breathe. And yet it's all so finely balanced and creatures with their different capabilities, the eyes, the joints, the, you know, and we, we've got the audacity to think, like the tin, that it was a gunk that grew over billions of years into this world. Well, as you who know me, this is one of my little pet things, but I do say it with all sincerity because God's word says it. You know, his nature is speaking to us every day. Psalm 19 also says, if the heavens declare the glory of God, day after day, they speak to us. If we live in a lovely area for looking at stars, go out and gaze at the stars. And then, you know, we get an idea of our own mortality and our own um, frailness, really. We need God. And he came to give us eternal life. He came to take what we couldn't to deal with what we couldn't deal with. That wonky trolley capacity we all have to go in the wrong direction, to say the wrong things, to tell a lie, to steal. Just, you know, we've all done it in the past. But God took all of that and put it on Jesus on the cross. He became sin. He became sin for every sin that's ever committed. And he asked just one thing that you receive that act that he did for you because he loves you and receive him into your heart as your Lord and Saviour. And then he comes to live there and you spend eternity with him because you're in the kingdom. You're in the kingdom of light. Okay, that's me done today. But I just felt challenged as we, I was sitting there this morning and um, Tracy prayed for me that if there was anything I needed to insert, then <laughs> I would um, know what God wanted me to say. And I just want to just give an opportunity for a little bit of body ministry here today as we close. We will close the service. But remember, if you're filled with the Holy Ghost today, if you're in the kingdom of light, you can use the name of Jesus with the very authority that we've been reading about today. So if you're sitting next to someone who needs a prayer of authority, someone who needs healing, who needs guidance for a new job, who needs resources because they can't pay their gas bill or whatever, then, you know, just communicate to one another and give each other the opportunity to move out in that wonderful name, the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.